0: Hello, world singers. My name is Brooke, and I'm Tyler, and this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations.
1: Conversations. Welcome back. Everyone, it has been an exciting couple of weeks. We are looking at Harmony or Discord from our last episode. And now we're going to jump over to the other major shard power in the Lost Metal, which is, of course, autonomy. And so a similar deep dive is what you can expect today, this time into the shard pool of Bavadin herself.
0: We don't have quite as much information, of course, about autonomy, but we get a whole lot more in the Lost Metal than we knew previously. So let's take a look, learn a little bit more about autonomy, its intent, its avatars the weird way that it presents in the cosmere which is i think unique
1: i definitely think that this is unique and possibly oxymoronic the original idea of someone who is autonomous you kind of associate that with individualism a, a single individual is autonomous mm-hmm. and yet it is autonomy who is most interested as a shard is kind of like dividing up their power, which previously I've always understood as a Mm. weakness. And for them, it does seem to be a strength that they've kind of unlocked something that the other shards maybe are not doing or not aware of even as a possibility.
0: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. But let's first back up and just talk a little bit about what autonomy is A summary, sort of.
1: a kind of general overview.
0: Yeah, let's get to know it. <laughs> let's start with this quote. Quote, Trell is the god autonomy, Harmony replied. What we call a shard of adenalsium, autonomy carries power like my own, a dangerous force for manipulating the very nature of reality and existence. Though autonomy is held by a woman named Bavadin, her many different faces or avatars act with independence. Trell, a male god from the ancient records, can be considered one of these. End quote.
1: Now, the one thing that the Lost Metal really has going for it is, for the super nerds, the exposition and the downloads that we get. It's just very clear very clear. Descriptions, exactly what some of us have always wanted to know. I
0: think that is the exact quote where right after this, Harmony is like,
1: you "You didn't expect
0: expect me to be so straightforward, did you?
1: And there are several different interesting points that come from that quote. Like in three sentences, I've got Mm -hmm. a lot of information. And so let's just go piece by piece. Harmony calls the shard power a dangerous force for manipulating the very nature of reality and existence. Mm -hmm. I thought that this was probably the first time that a character... Maybe not any character, but certainly one of the shards themselves is saying this is dangerous. The powers that we have here are uncontrollable. You know, they are manipulating in, in the bad way, not in any type of positive sense, I think.
0: Well, and I think just it is really beyond a mortal's ability to like understand or comprehend or really control and... This is also interesting because Sazed, of course, is the... Well, as far as he knows, he's the only, like, new shard holder. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of the original vessels came into this, quote-unquote, job with sort of an understanding or a desire as a mortal to, like, go up against this big force. They had some concept that they were capable of doing that maybe that was correct maybe that was hubris who knows but i think it's interesting that we have Sazed coming in as a modern human we'll say who has this different perspective of saying like no no this force is really dangerous and it's actually very tricky and difficult for a vessel a human vessel to be wielding this power
1: Next interesting bit that I would love to pull out. Obviously, we got the name Bavadin and the concept that the vessel is a female, but Mm -hmm. the way that they are presenting perhaps no longer is like Bavadin as autonomy is more of they with all of these different avatars.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. The original vessel was female identified as a woman. However, the power is manifesting in a myriad of different ways.
1: And that's kind of a different conversation, but one that I think we're always having in the background a little bit is where's the line and the distinction between the shards, the shards intent, the vessels, the vessels intent? Because if anything, Zay's is actually in a position of strength, not only because... He wields two shards, but also because he's had the least amount of time to be completely changed or corrupted mm. by the shards that he's mm-hmm. holding. Is there a difference really between autonomy and Boveden at this point? We know that Rasa Odium, there was too big a difference where then Odium, the power, kind of kicked out their shard holder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an interesting question of... When is a shard vessel combo most powerful? Is it at the beginning, Mm -hmm. maybe, when they've just come together and as far as they know, they're really well aligned? Maybe the vessel has a greater ability to control the power at the beginning because, like you said, they haven't had all of the time sort of steeping Mm -hmm. in that intent to become sort of corrupted? Or are they stronger the longer they hold it? Like, do they become more melded together the longer they hold it? Or is it inevitable that they become further divided the longer they hold it? Because there's no way a mortal vessel human can be as purely the intent as the intent I think these are questions we don't have answers to, but I think they're really interesting questions to start thinking about.
1: It's certainly fascinating, and maybe it is an example of autonomy preventing or like holding off that eventual convergence of shard and vessel, maintaining a little bit of her own autonomy, Boveden's own autonomy, Mm -hmm. by dividing up the power among the avatars.
0: Yeah, I'm curious if it is a choice by the vessel or if regardless of vessel the power would always this particular shard of autonomy would always be breaking up like all of the little pieces of itself are trying to be autonomous.
1: One of those pieces that we had on Scadrial all the way back to Era 1 mentions of Trell and Trellogism, right? That's what we're calling the ancient religion on Scadriel.
0: Yes, that's what it was known prior to Sazed's human time.
1: And from Harmony's description, Trell was a male god and was considered one of the avatars of autonomy. We know that then, as autonomy returns, she's using the guise of Trell, the metal of Trell, all of these aspects. So it was either a long, long setup, or it was like someone Johnny Apple seeding across the Cosmere, just like throwing seeds to see what happens to grow.
0: I believe it's a little of both. And I'm sorry we don't have this quote. I'm pretty sure that it is in the book somewhere that autonomy purposefully sort of sowed a seed of Trell on Scadriel and left it there dormant in a way, knowing that at any time she could come back and pick it up and develop, cultivate that little seed of autonomy into a new avatar with more power.
1: And I think that what we have learned from Rishar, we talked about this a little bit in our Harmony or Discord episode, but the concept of the longer a invested thing is in a certain physical location, like Odium on Rashar, the more the location and the shard become bonded or become one. And Odium is now part of Rashar and the song of Rashar and the rhythm of war. Odium is an essential part. Is that what autonomy has done? Knowing that they can step back into the seeds that they have sowed, because their power is now part of Scadrial, like Scadrial yeah. history is filled with autonomy.
0: Yeah, I think that is kind of her gameplay mm-hmm. is putting out all of these pieces of herself, and in this way, she is similar to the Sleepless. She is similar to the Aethers. in this... and a little bit
1: to Cultivation herself, right? In oh, the... I was
0: not thinking Cultivation because I was going to say Hive Mind type scenario where mm, yes. she has all of these tendrils all throughout the Cosmere that she can use at any point, right? Like she has sort of sleeper agents everywhere that at a moment's notice could be activated and put to use for autonomy's purposes.
1: That's a really good point. My thought of comparing autonomy to cultivation was the idea that cultivation is kind of picking up these humans, Teravangian, Dalinar, Lyft, and cultivating them into what she wants. So it's, in a similar way, a little tendril into the human world. Strangely enough, though, those characters maintain more autonomy than most of autonomy's Mm -hmm. avatars. Yeah. Let's get another download from Harmony himself with this description. Quote, you rarely get to speak to autonomy herself, Harmony continued. As I've come to find, she speaks through avatars, sometimes pieces of herself that she's allowed to gain a semblance of self-awareness, sometimes, though, chosen people she has given a portion of her power. End quote. We know from the Lost Metal that Telson was this second example, or was planning to be a yeah. individual chosen by autonomy to receive some of their power. But I'm also interested in this concept of invested autonomy that she has allowed to gain a little bit of self-awareness. To me, that sounds like a spren.
0: Yeah, exactly. It would be like a spren. Or I think Pat G is kind of an example of that as well. It's not a person, but it is a piece of investiture that has awareness and reacts to the things going on around it.
1: That's a good question of where would Pat G fall on the scale or the spectrum where Telson slash Avatar, you know, true Avatar of Autonomy is on one end of the spectrum. And then a Spren-like thing, you know, if Autonomy walked somewhere throughout the Cosmere and left a trail of investiture around, does Spren pop up on, you know, planets that don't have Spren? yeah. I think that they might. I think that they're... I
0: mean, it may not look like, like a, a spren, spren of but it would be the same description of a spren, which is a self-aware piece of investiture.
1: Right. It's her own spren. Yeah. And so conceivably, there could be autonomy spren that are not people like Telson that are maybe not an island like Pachi, but are just kind of moving through the cognitive slash physical world as an agent, another one of these sleeper agents of autonomy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. To me, that is just, it's just a difference of either having a human mind to guide the investiture or not.
1: Now let's talk about a little bit more of the intent and kind of the avatars themselves, because we have a bunch of descriptions from a variety of characters in yeah. the Lost Metal.
0: Yeah, yeah quote, autonomy is driven to divide off from the rest of us, go her own way. She pushes her followers to prove themselves, and she rewards those who are bold, who survive against the odds. She respects big plans and big accomplishments, end quote. I think that is the sort of clearest, most clear-cut, straightforward description of what we are meaning by the intent of autonomy.
1: Mm, That's a great, just like, Single sentence summary, here's autonomy's intent.
0: I think it's interesting because it seems to also bring in aspects of ambition in people who are big and bold, surviving against odds, big plans, big accomplishments, right? I get a sense of ambition from that. But I think ambition, we already know, is a separate shard, correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. I see this as, well, and we'll come to this moment a little bit later, But this concept of respecting big plans, liking big, bold accomplishments to a degree or as long as they serve autonomy is maybe the difference between an autonomy and an ambition. I think that ambition would theoretically love any big plan, even if it was a big, ambitious plan to dethrone themselves. Like, I don't know... If where the overriding aspect would come in. But I know that autonomy would never let anyone go against them or against their plan for the overall scheme that they had lined up. Which
0: is so interesting because then we start to get into the sort of contradictions that we find in autonomy. And here's where this quote from Moonlight can shed some light. Quote, she claims she wants everyone to be individual. Gives them each a little house that is distinctive from the others, but only in a way that fits her plan, her desires. It's fake individualism, a corporate uniqueness, like an advertisement telling people to go their own way, be their own person by buying this product like everyone else, end quote. This reminds me of that quote uh, from Tress that we read recently on The Book Club that'll be up on the main feed soon, but there's a similar theme there.
1: And I think this is an important theme to keep in mind, especially this concept of fake individualism or, or corporate uniqueness. That, to me, is a great description. I was thinking, of course, of the American ideal of the 1950s. You have lots of things like Leave it to Beaver, but also the concept of... You know, we're self-made individuals buying our house all by ourselves, and we are living the American dream, which is, of course, your house is part of a newly built suburb where everybody's house looks exactly the same, but just slightly flipped here or there. Your ability to get a loan is part of a huge network of financial companies all competing for the pleasure of of allowing you to take out a loan so you can afford that house just like every other American. It's all a, not a show or like a sham, but it is within this narrow band of existence. Because if you go back to the 1950s in the United States and you are not within the band of existence that people supported, you are ostracized. You are a pariah in that civilization and that society. And I feel like, Autonomy would be the same way.
0: Yeah, which is not, it doesn't seem like autonomy. Right. Right. So I think then we start coming back to this question that we have been circling for many weeks now about what we can believe about the intents of these shards and if they all have a heads and tails situation going on where if heads is harmony and tails is discord you know maybe heads is autonomy and the tails is conformity
1: that's a really interesting concept and we talked about the the total possible spectrum of shards you know being in place for every shard and harmony having a broader range because they are holding two shards. And so it just like creates a wider spectrum of possibility. But I do find myself liking this concept more and more that there is a range within each of the shard powers where a lot of stuff is possible. And I think I'm excited to see how Teravangian will be different from Rasa as the vessel of odium because yeah. that's probably the best example we're going to have anytime soon in regards to what does it look like when the only new variable is the introduction of a new vessel right not necessarily what harmony has which is like combining two shards that's way beyond what we're seeing with odium and Terravangian and i think
0: i won't reiterate our argument but they are a single shard Harmony.
1: You can always follow us along on the social media (laughs) and give us your input and thoughts on the question. Is it Harmony or is it Discord? America's favorite game show is just sweeping the nation. And I feel like this is going to go on at least until Era 3, but for many years. we Yeah,
0: I mean, until we get like a definitive answer, which we already have very clearly in the text, but we'll wait.
1: I think what we're doing here is we're kind of like undercutting the text in a lot of ways, or if we're going to compare it directly to autonomy, a simple description of autonomy would not include many of the things that we are seeing in the text of the books. Yes, And so that contradiction, as you said earlier, is where my doubt comes from, and where these kind of questions boil up from. If Brandon says an explicit thing in regards to what autonomy is, I could take that and run with it. But then if there are counterexamples in the text, then I get all confused. (laughs) And I think that's where some of the conflict is coming from.
0: I like that there is more complexity, it seems, to each of The shards, and it makes me excited to dig into the other shards as well and try to see what complexity exists there.
1: Let's go back to Moonlight, who has this to say: "Quote, autonomy's investiture has a life of its own, and so each version of her becomes its own thing over time." End quote.
0: Yeah, I think that is how and why the power continues to create avatars, that makes me think that it is a function of the power and not something that the vessel Boveden is necessarily choosing to do. I think Boveden is channeling that fact Mm -hmm. to serve her and to serve her goals, right? And putting the avatars where she wants them, when she wants them, etc. But I think the power itself would be fracturing in this way regardless
1: to me that's the biggest question about autonomy's avatars is is it fracturing or is it like a is it spawning is it spawning oh that's a great description exactly the concept that i was looking for yeah
0: i think that is the question because one of them implies that the power is getting weaker exactly each division divides.
1: creates weakness
0: one of them is implying that there is no reduction in power even as pieces break off
1: or even that there could be a greater bit of power. Yeah, because you would end up with more, more and in the things end. Things that are more complex. Like, for example, if we have this autonomy spren out there, but it's out there from 5,000 years ago and has all of that time to exist as a seemingly, you know, sapient or, or at least sentient mm-hmm. type of being in the cosmere, by the time we revisit it, in the year, you know, 5,000 plus, that thing is far greater than whatever it began as. It's capable of far more than whatever it started at. So the mm-hmm. sum total, I think, is increasing. And it might be increasing by such a minuscule amount compared to the vast power of a shard that maybe nobody else is really paying attention until all of a sudden it's too late, where I think Odium is very clearly trying to destroy shards to be the only one remaining. That's kind of what we seem to know about the background of Odium's War. Autonomy seems to be going with another type of takeover method. But just the death of a thousand cuts is how I see Autonomy playing. She's just like nicking a shard nicking here and there, and just leaving and waiting for tremendous amounts of time.
0: Yeah, she is just waiting until you have no choice. Everything that you can choose is autonomy, because everything is autonomy. That's basically. a great description so in that, and, and that's perfect with what we know of her. Because in that scenario, right, she can say, "You have a choice. You can do whatever you want. Everyone is autonomous. You can choose for yourself." But really, it is the illusion of choice.
1: Is autonomy that mom or dad who is giving their child options, but they all lead to the same end Yeah, of course.
0: They're like, you can have orange juice or apple juice. Yeah. They don't say, what do you want? (laughs) You don't get soda.
1: That's not one of the possible options. You get healthy thing A a or healthy thing B. And I really find that a difficult thing to fight against as choice, just giving the option of apple juice or orange juice makes the person who is doing the choosing, in our example, the yeah. child, it yeah. makes them feel better. And that's why that technique is used, not just with parents, but it's used by companies. And of course, you know, the entirety of our society is built around principles like that where we'll give you a choice you don't have infinite choice, but you'll be happy with the options that you have.
0: I love this quote from Telson, quote, Autonomy is rugged individualism filtered through the lens of a God who thinks she knows best. And in that context, individualism is a virtue best applied to finding ways to carry out the plans she has outlined. You get to be an individual in your chosen path to do what she says, end quote. I think that's the perfect description of this choice within parameters situation that autonomy is playing with
1: now i thought one of the weaker aspects of the lost metal was Telson's relationship slash role in the book as autonomy's avatar i didn't quite feel the complete connection from the beginning of the story through the final book but i do love this quote and the way that she is saying it is I think in context a positive thing like she has made that decision she's happy with existing within that band and mm. being her individual self
0: I actually kind of took it the opposite Telson's whole argument was sort of like yeah this isn't great but it's also our best option and so she's demonstrating that she is aware of that autonomy is not always purely advocating autonomy but that there is are a lot of parameters and restrictions on what autonomy can be this other quote from Telson says quote half the time being autonomous means following her plan and there's no whimsy to her that's a different god end quote so Telson clearly understands that It's only autonomous in a very specific definition. And she's not necessarily thinking that that is a positive thing or a negative thing. It just kind of is what it is. And Telson is using it to the best of her ability.
1: Interesting. I wonder if Telson is that kid presented with the apple juice or orange juice from their parents. And then they go, I'm going to take the apple juice because I want to. Not because you're telling me to. (laughs)
0: I don't think so. I think Telson really is quite practical and unemotional. And she has been presented with two choices. Let autonomy rule or let autonomy destroy everything. And she has just chosen to go with autonomy's maybe less than ideal rule versus destroying everything.
1: It's a really interesting fear that Telson has because of course she's wrong there are many other options of course which include helping out harmony your shard the one who has you know provided a beautiful ellendale valley for everyone to exist in
0: this is why you know every election power changes because the person in power you never want you never like what they're doing right because it's not perfect
1: (laughs) Yes, what's that called? A, a thermostatic relationship is if you swing out to the left, I'm going to swing to the right, yeah, and vice versa.
0: And so she's like, "Well, you know, we tried harmony, but I don't know, things aren't amazing. We might as well try something different." <laughs> or like, that, the, well, maybe that won't turn out great for you.
1: I wonder too if the fear that is presented of destruction somehow is almost like a corrupting influence for Telson. I don't know if this happened. If autonomy gave Telson some type of vision of the destruction that was possible, perhaps that makes more sense then. If she's coming from a a headspace where she's seen the war that autonomy is planning and she doesn't want that.
0: But if it's just like... If someone told you that they were going to set off an atom bomb in the middle of our area and everything within, you know, however many thousands of miles was going to be completely destroyed, like all life, everything just gone dead. Would you be like, I'll take a chance on that? Or would you be like, I don't want that to happen. I'll take the other thing.
1: I personally would try to, you know, help. I pull a stairs. I try to help everyone evacuate. Oh, my gosh. But I think that it's just a weird position for Telson to be in as someone who's just not like you're making bad decisions and it's bumming me out, Telson.
0: <laughs> yeah. But what do you expect from Telson?
1: I expect better. I expect people <laughs> to not join an army and to like assist an army from a opposing god. Even if you have problems on your own world, the false choice that has been presented between autonomy is going to take over or autonomy is going to destroy everything and Telson's like, well, I guess I'll help autonomy take over. It simply just doesn't line up with me I was as a say, character I decision. Think you're,
0: I think you're not being very empathetic. Oh, to I'm certainly not. Somebody making a different choice from what he would do. No,
1: no, no. You cannot exist outside the bands that, that I have said. That's yeah. autonomy for Tyler. <laughs>
0: Like, if you're not exactly like me, I don't like you.
1: (laughs) It's not that I don't like you.
0: I'm not saying that Telson is a good person or even that she made the right decision. I just feel like I understand where she came from. But let's talk a little bit about this conflict between Harmony and Boveden. Boveden, for some reason, has decided that Skadriel is a threat to her I think part of it is that there are two shards held by one vessel. It's said that that quote-unquote frightens her. And then also the fact is dropped that Scadrial has gunpowder weapons and electricity before any other planet in the Cosmere other than Autonomy's home planet of Taldane.
1: I think this was one of the most interesting tidbits that was casually dropped When we put in perspective just how far advanced Scadriel as a planet is in comparison to the other shard worlds, it maybe is not something that I would have, you know, guessed at first that Scadriel would be the one that is advancing further, because we know for a fact that the Lord Ruler's 1,000 year reign was characterized by preservation, lack of growth, lack of development, everything the same. And
0: even in Era 2, there's been a lot of discussion about how making life too cushy for the Elendelites has led to not as much Innovation and technology as there could have been otherwise,
1: right? So we have a thousand year reign of preservation. We have criticisms that not enough advancement has happened since Harmony took over. And despite all of that, Scadriel's in first place yeah. in technology development, like if this was a game of civilization. Skadriel is number one, autonomy is number two, and they well, don't like being. Yeah, Taldane
0: might be number one. But that's
1: totally fair. And we haven't seen anything about white sand in a very long well, time. Well, that's,
0: yeah, that's why it's so hard to know and why we have to rely on quotes like this because we are coming into these worlds at many different points in the timeline. And so I'm even thinking, how do we know or like what can we know about technological advancement on Nolfus by this point? I would think that they also would have developed quite a bit, but apparently not. And then I'm like, what happened? Why not? What's going on there?
1: Well, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get into the army section. But before that, I believe that there is a great conversation between Moonlight and Marasi that really helps us understand you know, this war of the shards and people's different perspectives on the war and like how everyone's going to be taking different sides based on these perspectives. Will you play this out with me? For this play, I will be playing Moonlight and Brooke will be playing Morassi. Quote, let's say you had one of only 16 extremely rare pieces of art by the same artist. What would you do to ensure yours becomes the most valuable? I'd try to
0: create an air of mystique around it, Morassi said. I wouldn't show it off. I'd let the other 15 become common by comparison, and the value of mine would increase as people shared the story. There's one more. No one has seen.
1: Clever, Moonlight said. I'm
0: impressed. And what would you do, Marasi said.
1: Steal the other 15, Moonlight said. Then I'd be able to manipulate the market however I wanted. Ruthless. Not as ruthless as other options. These pieces of art exist, Marasi, and your planet's god holds two of them.
0: Ruin and preservation.
1: Indeed, that makes Harmony the most valuable, the most invested being in the Cosmere, end quote.
0: There we go. Very interesting, like you said, to hear different perspectives on the same question. And we can add other characters sort of philosophies into this. Odium's play is to try to destroy every other one so that his piece is the most valuable, the most important.
1: Exactly, by the being the only one that exists. Yeah, exactly. I really like this description. To me, it feels akin to the philosophy 101 debates that you like take around to all the freshmen and you're like, what would you do if there were 16... pieces of art and you wanted to create one that was the most valuable and see what different people say and how they approach that conundrum because as you are talking about odium has one description autonomy has another and harmony right now is the at least according to moonlight most powerful most invested being in the entire cosmere
0: right I think going along with this idea that they sort of all have their different ways of interacting and handling their power, unlike Odium, who has gone around the Cosmere bashing other shards in, Autonomy does not like engaging with any of the other shards directly. Her game plan is, quote, Autonomy is trying to outcompete the others by filling the Cosmere with versions of herself, crowd out the competition, so to speak, like an extremely invasive plant moving into another ecosystem and strangling the local varieties. End quote.
1: Especially poignant when compared to cultivation, because you have this concept of a garden where individual mm. plants are cultivated and grown for a specific purpose and intent, versus an invasive species that's crowding out and drowning out the local varieties, I believe- Yeah, and
0: it's like, everything that is not me must
1: die. 100%. If we do compare that and just like bring that analogy forward, I would say that the invasive species is quote unquote better than the local variety because in a strictly- survival of the fittest type of mindset, if your concept is just we need to survive and the only way to survive is to continue to grow, continue to expand, then autonomy's got a good plan. Like this seems like a pretty good setup for Bavidin. And what I am most wondering is kind of that question about the vessels and the shattering of Adenalsium. And like what role did Boveden play in that? Where where was their mindset coming into the shattering of adenalsium that led them down this path?
0: I'm interested in why autonomy is one of the 16. We know that adenalsium could have been broken into a different 16 shards with different intents. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm curious what the conversations were about choosing the iteration that included autonomy. I mean, I guess like we've been talking about maybe this particular manifestation of the idea of autonomy is not something that would have occurred to them beforehand and they were kind of just thinking like oh yeah cool that one will probably just hang out by itself not bother anyone seems harmless and didn't quite expect this precise way that it would exist and interact with the cosmere
1: Okay, here's my middle of the episode hot take question. I just want to get a quick reaction from you. Do you think that bovodin slash autonomy would be interested in reforming adenalsium into one thing? No. Interesting. I kind of feel like that's their vibe. No. They want to be like an invasive species to take over and then be the only thing around, right? Yeah. So if you're very selfish, you could say... I'm the only thing around autonomy. But if you were more open to experiences, we'll say, you could also be like nauseum is one thing and reforming nauseum would have all of the power under one banner again. Like, but maybe I think, that's the
0: I think this is where odium and autonomy are similar, mm-hmm. though, in that they do not want to take on another shard and change their intent. That's a good point. Odium wants to remain Odium. That's why he's not picking up other shards. He's destroying them. Right. Autonomy seems to be doing the same thing. I don't think that autonomy would react well to being attempted to be combined with any other shard because it wants to be autonomous. And as soon as it merges with something else, it is autonomy no more. And, and would it lose would, that intent. Exactly. Wow, and that's so, a really good point.
1: Of just like it can't want to change because yes. to change would be to lose itself.
0: Yes, and its whole point is to be itself and only itself. So it is more trying to remake the world in its image than trying to get back to something that came before. Okay.
1: Well, thank you for playing along with that hot take question. I just <laughs> wanted to see where your headspace was at.
0: There's a great depiction of this idea uh, in the Codex Alera, which is a series that I just finished a couple months ago. I enjoyed it. And the main adversary is a very similar autonomy. idea, which is really interesting to explore so if you want more of this idea there's my series rec for you
1: fun fun how about we talk about some perpendicularities because there was some unique things happening throughout the lost metal and we because it's unique it's also like an indicator it's a little bit of information that i feel like brandon is giving us
0: okay i want to know what you have to say about this
1: let's go back to moonlight who was throwing out lots of good details
0: she's got some good knowledge
1: quote There are planets, Moonlight said, where autonomy has created such portals unexpectedly and against all understood mechanics, end quote. Picking up a little bit later, quote, it takes special circumstances to create one of these portals, he said. Even for her, it can't just be anywhere or at any time, end quote. Now, those two things back to back.
0: Yeah, like how is autonomy doing this and why, like what makes her special? How come she gets to do it when... It's against all understood mechanics.
1: (laughs) And understood mechanics according to Moonlight in that. Well, yeah, according
0: to the ghost bloods, I guess.
1: Because we don't have a perfect timeline and we don't know exactly when things are happening across the Cosmere, what we're talking about here, of course, is a perpendicularity. Autonomy is creating a perpendicularity, a portal, unexpectedly. Who else can create portals unexpectedly?
0: Unexpectedly, but also Needing to be at a specific time.
1: Right. That's a limit that I don't think we see with Dalinar, the Bondsmith. Dalinar is able to create a perpendicularity Uh seemingly at will, seemingly at any location because he does it multiple times throughout Rhythm of War. Yeah. And I'm wondering why there are physical limitations on shards creating a perpendicularity, Mm -hmm. but seemingly not on Dalinar. And I wonder if that has to do with the idea of the Bondsmith Unchained, where even though the shards are very, very powerful, they might still have some limits. For example, this one being like, you're physically limited on where perpendicularities can exist. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that would be with so much power. You would think that a shard would be able to snap their fingers and any perpendicularity that they wanted would appear.
0: Well, I don't know... If that applies as much to the physical limits, I would imagine that the physical limit is simply there needs to be a lot of investiture all in one place. And so having all of the metal born that have been collected by the set sort of provide a focus location. And then I also imagine that the location in Shadesmar would matter. For example, you wouldn't be mm. able to create it in the middle of the ocean in Shadesmar or somewhere in Shadesmar that is really inaccessible right because you wouldn't be able to get your army in Okay so, so those are what I imagine as the physical limitations
1: Because from Yasna the little bit that we know about traveling through Shadesmar as an else caller is that it's very difficult and that the opening and closing the the timing is significant and so that might be the restriction that she's dealing with is her army is somewhere in the physical cosmere and to have a moment when maybe like this is maybe n- completely incorrect but like the planets are close in Shadesmar or something like that like all of the timing has to be perfectly aligned so that things are able to connect and like form that connection between place a where your army is and place b where you want to be so the problem yeah is because she has such clear desires that she's trying to accomplish she wants to move an army from point a to b exactly maybe she might be able to snap her fingers and move themselves around or like one or two people but it becomes more difficult if she is trying to like make this big transition across well, the cosmos. I think
0: yeah, cuz I think perpendicularities are portals, but they're not wormholes. Like you can't create a perpendicularity that will just go from any place to any other place, right? It's only going into the cognitive realm and presumably through to the spiritual realm, but in that same location.
1: That's an interesting call, yeah. So you
0: still, you know, when the gang all goes to Shadesmar in Rhythm of War, they still have to travel through physical Shadesmar to get to the place where perpendicularities are, Even Dalinar can't create a perpendicularity and just sort of say in his mind, like, make it go to wherever in Shadesmar Kaladin is, and it magically appears where Kaladin is, and he jumps in, right? Like, you can still only travel in a straight line through the realms.
1: I think if you're, like, sticking a
0: pencil through three sheets of paper, paper. yeah.
1: I think that's really the rub, is that she's already pierced one of the pieces of paper, that her is her beginning place, right? She's started with her army is here, and therefore she's limited on the time and the space where she can be. I wonder too, as you mentioned, there's a necessity of having these invested people all yeah. densely packed mm-hmm. in the cave, you know, held by the governor, being experimented on, but to autonomy that is like a beacon and maybe like a lighthouse in the cognitive realm of like, that's where I need to go because while we believe that Zazed was limited by autonomy, there might be something that's kind of similar that Bobadin might not have perfect vision of everything on Scadrill. Sure. But if there's a bunch of invested people and because of her agents, she knows that the invested people are where she wants to go, then Mm -hmm. she can see them. And then she like, pierces the three realms creating that perpendicularity.
0: Yeah, it's unclear exactly what their function is in the creation of the perpendicularity. We have this quote from the mayor, quote, the location, he said, turning back. I think it's because of those people, oddly, such a large collection of metalborn, and we were required to bring in a strange power, a glowing light. That's part of the key, end quote. So clearly they have brought in the pure investiture
1: it seems like that the door that the ghostbloods were using or something like that yeah it could be i mean other than that i would say a glowing light could just be a seon like if it was just one little glowing orb thing, they
0: like liquidized it or something
1: well they didn't say a liquid they just said a glowing light
0: yeah but i'm assuming that they mean the huge pool of investiture that's like in that house
1: I would agree. I I think that that's correct. I do think that they brought in the Aeon Door in that liquid form.
0: Because it's the first time we've seen anything like that. Maybe it's not Aeon Door. Maybe all Investiger presents like that that. Yeah, I don't know. But so they have that to create the pool. So then there's still the question of, as he says, oddly, why do we also need all of these people together? But there is something about that that makes this location the right location.
1: This is one of those times where I think the question is providing us like an indication of where we need to go, but we we don't need to go. Yeah,
0: I don't know where it is.
1: (laughs) Let's talk about the army in a little bit more detail. Ooh, If you would like to. On the
0: other side of that perpendicularity, there are the men of red and gold that we've been waiting to see for many books at this point. Yeah,
1: hinted at all the way back with Miles 100 Live, who called them the bearers of the final medal with so much exploring and so many different medals that have come and gone throughout Era 2. It's hard to know exactly what he's talking about. I think it's Trellism. Trellium. Sorry, Trellium. Yes, yeah. That would make sense.
0: Yeah, that's what I would say.
1: But I'm also not 100% convinced that the men of red and gold are from Tal'dane or are... Like I have could, legitimately
0: I, I don't know. no idea <laughs> who these men of
1: red and gold Let's go back are. to one of the Ghostbloods, Twinsel, who has this to say, quote, autonomy has access to some very specialized troops, Twinsoul said, hard to control, dangerous to unleash. I know their destructive power personally, end quote.
0: I'm curious if this is what happened to the Aether homeworld, and that's what twin soul means. That autonomy came and destroyed the Aether homeworld too, perhaps, with these very dangerous specialized troops.
1: That is my reading of it. We know that the Aether homeworld was attacked. We know because of secret project number one happening on Lumar a planet that also has some aethers. And that's all I'll say for those of you who have not read yet, but it brings up a very complicated question of where exactly did these troops come from? What are these troops? Here's because
0: a description of them from when Morassi sees them through, through the pool, quote, thousands of inhuman soldiers with golden skin and glowing red eyes. Living statues. They carried rifles of an advanced design, and their stares seemed to bore holes in her mind. The men of red and gold had arrived, bearers of the final metal, Miles had called them, destroyers. End quote.
1: Okay, so many different things that I need to pull out right there.
0: Yes, my immediate thought when I read living statues is is this a lifeless army like Khaled's phantoms?
1: That to me is. The vibe that I got, that this was more of a robot army, a, a kind of, yeah. you know, inanimate thing brought An to awakened. life through magic. Yes. Exactly. Maybe. But then we have the description of glowing golden skin. And to me, that screams mm. Elantris and Elantrians.
0: Oh, I went to the Reachers. The, I think they're light spren.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: From Rashar that have metal skin.
1: And then glowing red eyes points me to corruption. We know that Uh generally corrupted investiture has a red tone. So... But
0: then we have rifles of an advanced design, which make me think they must be from Taldane since that is the only other planet this far advanced. Although you can also make an argument that autonomy just got the Tal'danian rifles and then gave for, them to a different army. Yeah, whoever this army is.
1: Well, and then the last bit of the stairs that seem to bore holes in her mind, maybe that's some type of actual magic that is happening and not simply a, a feeling of worry or sure. like uh fear mm-hmm. that Marassi is experiencing, like it's an actual tangible thing that is happening. So again, from oh. that description, hmm. we have a lot of different possibilities. Which leads me to, and this is like my big takeaway from the lost metal, is I think that this army is of multiple different things. As the best armies throughout history are, you don't just want foot soldiers. Even if they're, you know, someone great like the, uh, the Roman military back in the day, great foot soldiers, nice shield, cool, work together, that's all lovely. But the introduction of... Cavalry the introduction of artillery the introduction in our modern world of aircraft and naval vessels all of that makes a military more capable and dangerous is when they are more diverse you don't need to just have a wave of wave after like human body
0: you think that like all of that is existing in a single person sort of like each man of red and gold is the artillery and the cavalry and everything else?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I'm oh. saying I think that this is like a combo army. I think we could be You looking... think there's
0: more than just these men?
1: What I'm saying is I think that each of these individuals, the thing that is both dangerous to unleash and hard to control, the things that are living statues, I think that what we have here is an example of that all the different technologies of a military in a single individual. Oh. Each of the living statues is capable of doing everything. Right. They are I don't know if this is correct, but they could be, you know, magically powered Elantrians with weapons from Taldane, who are lifeless awakened armies from (laughs) Nalthis that are using stormlight to power themselves. That would be a huge stretch. But I also Think that that is like where we have to go eventually I think
0: it could be a combo i don't think it's the combo you described but i think a combo is a good call
1: certainly not trying to make uh, <laughs> huge predictions on what i think the actual makeup is from like three lines of text <laughs> yeah exactly but i i think the combo is what i'm talking about and really that's what i'm kind of getting as a vibe is it's not one thing which would make as a reader Whatever you happen to attach to most is probably like Brandon's intention. If for some mm, reason you thought sure. golden skin equals and this is an Elantrian army, that might have been the intent. Where someone else would see it as living statue, this is a Nalthian army. Or, like you said, they have rifles. The only place on in the Cosmere that has rifles is Taldane. So this is a Taldane army. And then Brandon's subversion would be like, No. It's already. It's
0: everything. Exactly. (laughs) Autonomy. It's a pizza. It's a pizza army. An amalgamation of things from a bunch of different places.
1: All the greatest polls. And I would think that's the great strength of autonomy. If they exist everywhere throughout the Cosmere, if they've dropped themselves right, and invested it's... themselves in everywhere across the Cosmere, then why would you do that? So that at any moment, you can pull from those varied resources throughout the Cosmere, whatever it is you happen to need. And in this case, you know, make a very scary army. Good call. Wow, so many great takeaways about autonomy. We learned a whole bunch from the lost metal, but we, as is normally the case, we also have a bunch more questions and we want even more to know if you have thoughts about this episode on autonomy or any of our past episodes about what is going on in the lost metal reach out to us on social media join us over on patreon for early episodes fun fun book clubs and all of the great content going on there thank you all for being listeners brooke can you take us away
0: Until next time, life before death,
1: strength before weakness,
0: journey before destination.